Welcome to Lemon Lessons for Leading Life. I am your host, Jeffrey Sendejas. Join me as we find and discuss motivational quotes and grow as leaders together. This week's quote was inspired by one single word. Procrastination. Why do we do it? And how can we overcome it? Join me as we discover what this individual meant when they said, Procrastination is the thief of time. Collar him. Let's talk about it. The author of this quote is Charles Dickens. Who exactly is Charles Dickens, though? Well, he was born in February of 1812 and died in June of 1870. He was an English novelist and social critic who created some of the world's best-known fictional characters and is regarded by many as the greatest novelist of the Victorian era. His works enjoyed unprecedented popularity during his lifetime. And by the 20th century, critics and scholars had recognized him to be a literary genius. His novels and short stories are widely read today. And some of his works include, but are not limited to, A Christmas Carol, David Copperfield, Bleak House, A Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, and Our Mutual Friend. So going back to this quote, Procrastination is the thief of time. Collar him. I don't know about you, but I want to say that we have all struggled with procrastination in one shape or form or another. It is just part of who we are as humans for some reason, though. Every single one of us I'd like to believe that have dealt with procrastination, we want to make sure that we overcome it. We acknowledge it typically and we say, well... Here we go. I know I'm procrastinating. At some point, I think most of us understand and realize that we are truly just wasting that time procrastinating, not doing what we need to do. And so, we try and turn a new leaf. We try to be productive. We try to occupy our time to be efficient. Yet, we find ourselves... Back to square one, procrastinating. But why do we even procrastinate to begin with? Quite simply, I'd like to believe that it's because we truly don't know how to organize and prioritize what is most important. Some things we find and give attention to that honestly aren't 
and shouldn't be high up on the list. Other things that are more pressing, we want to drag our feet because it's a nuisance, it requires more time, it's tedious, and so we drop it down because, well, we know that it's not pressing. Oftentimes, too, deadlines. If something has a deadline, then we know it needs to be done. But if we know that the deadline is weeks in advance, we drag our feet because we have time. If you think and go back to the times that you have procrastinated, it all comes down to crunch time, stress-induced crunch time, and we get the work done one way or another. Quality is there. Maybe it's not, but it is done. Those nights of staying up super late, maybe even pulling an all-nighter just to complete the task at hand because we procrastinated and probably honestly just forgot all about it until the night before. But we procrastinated and now we're in a rush to get it in, to get it completed, to be done and move on. And how many of us honestly gotten in trouble one way or another because of procrastination. Procrastination sets in and we realize, ah, we got time. But then we forget about it. And then we miss the deadline. That could be with anything. That could be with a test, with homework. That could be with paying your bills. That could be with paying your rent. That could be with a lot of different things. It doesn't just classify to one. Right? This could be changing your oil, for example. How many of us go and say, well, we got time, we got this many miles, or it's supposed to be for this date? Ah. Or I still have another hundred miles. I know I'm here at the oil place, but I got some, I got still more miles, so I'll just worry about it later. And the next thing you know, you're over by about 500 miles or so. And well, hopefully there's no issues, right? So the whole premise behind procrastination is because really at the root of it, it is things we don't want to do. So we push away to delay starting them, to delay completing them as long as we can. But as leaders, how productive is that? If we are meant to lead individuals, and most importantly ourselves, yet we can't even manage our time wisely, what is the perception that we give to others? If someone comes up to you as the leader and says, hey, I have this project, or I need to have a meeting with you, and you push it off, or you accept it, and then everyone else sees that you're dragging your feet. Everyone else is working hard, but you're given the perception that you don't care, that things aren't important to you, even though they may be. But Procrastination and delaying these things intentionally, especially voicing it. The reason why I say that is because with procrastination, how many times do we say to each other or to someone, 
When you get asked, hey, how's the project going? Oh, it's going fine. I still got a couple more weeks. I got more time. Or someone asks, hey, what are you doing? I'm just kind of doing this other little thing here. How's the project going? I got. I still got time. Or when someone asks you what you're doing this weekend, anticipating that the response would be that you're working on said project and you're watching a movie. Or you quite simply say, oh, I'm not doing anything this weekend. It's those verbiage, words that we use that depict the interest and the amount of passion we invest into things. If we don't have passion behind what we do, if we don't complete the projects wholeheartedly, people see that procrastination sets in. People see that we're dragging our feet because we don't care to do it. But we need to be able to change our mindset. We need to be able to lead people efficiently by leading ourselves and managing time. If we cannot manage our time and prioritize tasks, we are destined to fail as leaders. You cannot lead someone else unless you lead yourself first and foremost. One of the best ways to lead yourself is to manage time, to be efficient, to be productive, to take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of you, no one will at the end of the day. So, how can we prevent or reduce procrastination, I should say, from happening as often? And even more so, how can we prevent the stress that comes with procrastination? How can we reduce the risk of an all-nighter, of lack of sleep, of increased stress, of living off caffeine and being jittery and then having a crash? Pretty much just an unhealthy lifestyle. Well, one of the first ways that I like to combat procrastination is taking notes. Be as detailed as I can with whatever it is that I have at hand. I'm creating a roadmap. I'm creating a roadmap of what all needs to happen. It's not just here is the project, here is the task at hand. It is What do I have to do? What are those small micro steps that I have to achieve to be successful? When you break it down, step by step by step by step, believe it or not, at that point, you're less likely to procrastinate. Because the reason we procrastinate is because you see the overarching goal, the overarching thing that needs to be done, And quite simply, you get overwhelmed by it. We all do. We don't know where to start. So analysis by paralysis sets in. We start analyzing everything and don't know where to begin. And so we become paralyzed and don't know what to do. So we do nothing. And you know what? Let's just hide it under the rug and worry about it later. But creating a roadmap, taking lots of notes, if all of a sudden that task you can break down into micro-tasks and goals, and all of a sudden there's 10 small steps, initially you may be wondering, 
Yeah, but that's 10 steps. Correct. But you have a roadmap. And now, yes, that task you may have two weeks to complete, but now you can see, ah, I can do this one today. I can do this small little step today. I can do this small step today. And next thing you know, you have completed it all. Because you have direction. The next thing is scheduling. How many of us carry a planner? Whether that may be on our phone or do it by paper. Regardless of how you do it, are you doing it? Because if you have a schedule and you know what's planned, if you know what is coming, if you know what you have going on in your day, you are more likely to understand how to manage your time. Now, this is something that I tried, and don't get me wrong, there is a balance between micromanaging every single 30-minute block of your day and just truly blocking things that need to be done and giving time to the things that have to be done today. It's easy to get into the routine of just micromanaging everything. I'm guilty of it. I did it. I did every 30-minute blocks so that I knew exactly to a T what to do. And believe it or not, as great as that was as far as productivity and efficiency, that was almost just as stressful because I had to manage and look at the clock more often and say, well, okay, that's all that I have to do right now. If that's all I can do right now. I have to move on to this. So you have to find balance with it all and give yourself some grace. But if you truly don't know what is going on in your day, how can you manage? How can you give a lot of time to things that you want to do or need to do? An example of this is many of us say, oh, I would love to read my book, but I don't have time. Excuse me. We all have time because you just spent 30 minutes to an hour watching a TV show. You allocated that time to give priority to television. Instead of going an hour and watching TV, maybe switch it to 30 minutes and give yourself 30 minutes of reading. Again, being able to schedule something and planning it out gives you the freedom, gives you the ability to allocate time where you think and believe it is most important and critical. Again, this allows procrastination to decrease because not only do you now have a roadmap, you have the ability now to understand where your time is going and the notion of not having time is non-existent. Next is prioritizing. How are you prioritizing things? And this takes me to something that is called Covey's Quadrants. For those of you that are not familiar with this, look up Covey's Quadrants. And there's four of them. The notion behind this is what quadrant are you living in? And ideally, we want to live in quadrant two. To be as stress-free as possible. And so this is broken down into four different quadrants like I mentioned earlier. And this also gives us the ability to prioritize and organize things more efficiently. 
and effectively. First, in quadrant one, it is things that are urgent and important. So this is things with important deadlines, things that are in crisis, pressing, important meetings, emergencies, anything that is a last-minute preparation. If you think about it, most of the things in procrastination fall into this category because they're those last-minute things with that deadline. The things that we procrastinated on and waited to do to the last minute fall here, typically. And what happens, things that are urgent and important, we are running around with our head cut off, things are on fire and everything is blazing and we are just running around. We are firefighters at this point and putting fires out left and right, just trying to manage and survive. Don't get me wrong, there is times where this is important. And you will have to live in quadrant one temporarily and shift to quadrant one where it's urgent and important. However, it is not sustainable to be in this stress-induced quadrant. Quadrant two, again, wanting to be in quadrant two. That is urgent, my mistake, not urgent and important. Quadrant two, I repeat, is things that are not urgent, but they are important, such as relationship building, personal development, employee training, exercise and health, prevention and planning. So if you think about it, these are things that are important, but not urgent. In other words, these are the tasks at hand that have deadlines weeks in advance. They're important, yes, but are they pressing to be done right now? Absolutely not. So are they stress-induced and stress-filled? Absolutely not. Paying your bills, you know when that is coming. That is very important. And it's not urgent. Whenever you live in this quadrant, you truly understand, okay, this is what needs to be done. I'll get it done. I have time. I will get to it. Let me pull out my roadmap, and I'll take it one step at a time. Living in quadrant three, things that are urgent, but not important. This is kind of where we start getting into our time wasters a little bit. Some emails and phone calls, yeah, they may be urgent, but maybe they're not so important. Interruptions. Some popular activities like going out, happy hours, there's a time and place, going to the bars, some meetings. Again, these things are urgent, right? They're time sensitive, but they're not so important. Those two hours that you spent going to the bar or three, that money and time that you spent, maybe that's going to put you back from reaching a certain goal. And lastly, things in quadrant four, things that are not urgent and not important. These are things like television, movies, video games, time wasters, honestly. Anything that you can think of that is a time waster, that goes here. And oftentimes, what do we do? We give priority to quadrant four. If you live in quadrant four for too long, 
I promise you, that is not sustainable either. Because nothing will get done. You watch TV all the time. So, if you are living in Quadrant 4, we're giving Quadrant 4 things priority. How is that successful? If you are giving more important attention to television, to watching TV, watching movies, more than you are paying your bills, reading, doing that project, or taking care of the other essential things that you have to get done, again, things that are important but not urgent, at some point, those things are going to become important and urgent. And now you've shifted from what could have been quadrant two to quadrant one. Now you're running around again because you gave priority to quadrant four things that are time wasters. So this takes me back again to how can you prioritize and be more effective in managing procrastination? Break everything down into these four quadrants. When you think of a task or something that needs to be done, ask yourself, is it the quadrant one, important and urgent? Quadrant two, important and not urgent. Quadrant three, not important, urgent. Or is it the quadrant four thing, not important, not urgent? Again, I challenge each of you to look up Covey's four quadrants. And take a look for yourself and see and understand what I'm talking about with this. And use this tool for your advantage. So, with all that being said, I hope you gained an appreciation and a new perspective on the quote. Procrastination is a thief of time. Collar him. And if you're wondering how you can make an impact today. Start with you. And like we talked about, what quadrant are you currently living in? Is it one, two, three, or four? Once you figure that out, I think you'll be able to organize things more efficiently. And at the end of the day, prevent and reduce procrastination because procrastination is the thief of time. Collar him. Until next time, subscribe and remember to soar high like eagles and lead on.